0: Hello and welcome back to the when you're podcast the podcast for when you're doing anything today We're talking about when you're watching mission impossible dead reckoning part one Uh, I mean this movie What this movie is absolutely fantastic. It was so much fun. It's a great action Uh thrill. It's just it's a great action movie. It's a great popcorn movie. It's a great It's just a great uh, movie in general. I think they do such a an amazing job throughout this movie um I'm uh I'm a fan of the Mission Impossible movies. I think it's absolutely cool what uh what they do stunt-wise with these movies, action-wise, story-wise, the way that they've been able to up the ante every single time when they do these movies is absolutely incredible. I think it's just so cool and uh, I really like seeing that that form of uh that kind of movie, you know. I think I think they do such an incredible job with it. Um Obviously, Tom Cruise does some crazy stunts in this movie, and the rest of the cast is back. So, uh, but what they what I really like about this movie is they give a, a satisfying ending without feeling like I'm left on a cliffhanger. It just feels like there's still a, a chunk of story left to do. There's always the next part, which is uh, I feel like they end the movie perf- movie perfectly. Which I kind of felt a little bit off the, when I when I I'm not a I'm not saying I don't like. I'm just saying that like. The the thing I don't like about part one and part two st- stories anymore is the fact that, um, you know, they they leave you on a cliffhanger and you're like, man, now I have to wait uh, this you know chunk of time to get the rest of the story and I don't like that. I like a complete story and then after that, um, if there's more to tell, there's more to tell. You know what I mean? And in this movie, they give like, uh, they give a, a premise in which. The first goal is this thing, and then after this, there's still more to tell. But as soon as you get this piece done, it's like, that's a, that's a good piece of the story. You know, completed, good and, good and completed and done. So I really like that aspect to it, and it was a really satisfying ending, and it didn't leave me on like a cliffhanger. It just left me with, okay, now there's the next part. There's more to do. There's another step. There's something else that we have to accomplish here. And because of that, I feel like it, it, it satisfied uh, the ending for me, and it was really good. Uh, this movie is absolute, is so good. It um, definitely, definitely go watch it if you haven't seen it yet. It's still in theaters. Uh, I might go watch it again. It was just that good, and maybe I missed something or there were some details or uh, you know just to enjoy the action again and to really fully grasp the the, the whole story, but. If you haven't watched it yet, spoilers for the movie and uh, maybe spoilers for the other movies as well, which I also recommend watching. Uh, and this movie also does a great job of of being a, a solo movie without having to explain any of the other past ones. So it wasn't like um, they they do a good job of like kind of hand-holding you through kind of some of the tropes that they go through and the characters without having to like fully explain who they are and what they do. It's just you kind of like... As you watch you kind of understand. Okay, this person's on the computer, these people hack, this person does the action in the field. They have to do this. Like everything kind of handles it for you and you don't have to watch any of the previous movies to kind of understand that, but definitely go watch the other movies as well cuz they're they're just they're just as good. Um the first and the second Mission Impossible movie, I'm not going to say are. I mean, they're not as good as obviously this last one, but like I feel like you know, you kind of get an understanding of it. Maybe like watch a few clips of it. Maybe watch some of the iconic scenes and whatnot. I don't know if you necessarily have to watch it all, but if you want to, you know, those two are definitely those those two films are definitely good. You should you can watch those and you, and maybe you should. But uh, I think if you're gonna like watch the series, maybe you should watch it the third one first, and then all the way up until this one. You know, if you want. If you want. And uh, maybe I'll do like... I'll talk about some of those uh, other movies. uh, Kind of working back. Or maybe building up to part two. Because I don't know. I think part two is coming out next year. Or in two more years. But whatever. Anyways. This movie starts off not with Tom Cruise. Not with Ethan Hunt. It starts off in a submarine. Some years ago I think. Or actually in present day I believe. So it opens in a submarine. And it's kind of like this... You see these men in the submarine, they're obviously some sort of a military army, something like that, but they're down there and that's when we kind of get introduced to kind of like what we're going to be dealing with, the kind of threat that we're going to be facing. And so it starts off in there and there's just a lot of dialogue back and forth, back and forth, trying to understand what's going on, what's happening. And like, you're like, who's the bad guy? How's it starting off? You know, and that. And that kind of just opens up the threat and the the bad things that can happen or, you know, that does happen when, um, when this thing takes over or, or the threat is upon us. Um, and then immediately we get a, another scene also without uh, Tom Cruise, without Ethan Hunt. We get a beginning scene kind of, well, we kind of do. We get like an opening scene of like, tom cruise getting like a file of some sort or like a package maybe and um anyways that that part was really really small it wasn't like a huge scene or like really really huge or important it was just kind of like a maybe like a small backstory a little bit or or whatever but anyways we we skip to another scene that also doesn't really involve tom cruise or ethan hunt it involves the high-ranking officials in like, I don't know, our government system and like the military, CIA, FBI, whatever, right? And they're all talking about the IMF. They're all talking about the the central point. The focus of this movie is going to be about uh, these two keys, and they're two halves of a whole. So one key and another key fit together perfectly to make one whole key, and this key gives you command of some sort of AI technology. That's what we're dealing with here. It's a... It's an AI villain, so we're dealing with uh, computers. We're dealing with artificial intelligence, and uh, with it, we can either control it and use it to like beat our enemies, kill our enemies, do whatever we can. You know, it's it's that good. It's if if under the right control. If not under their control and under somebody else's control, well, you're screwed, right? So it's a it's a battle to get it. Who's gonna get it first? And then that's when we kind of see ethan hunt in like action for the first time in the movie but it's not really him it's like he's in disguise obviously he's in he's in a he's in a mask but he gets into the meeting that they're all talking about ethan hunt and they're talking about the keys and the mission and all that stuff and um essentially it was just ethan hunt infiltrating this meeting him knocking out everybody with like a gas and then staying alive with the uh, not staying alive um staying awake or having a discussion with the person in charge of the IMF or the person like overseeing it, I guess. And they kind of talk about like what they want to do with the AI. And Ethan is like, I want to kill it. You know, I don't, I don't want any part of it or whatever. So immediately we understand that the keys were taken The keys were taken by Ilsa Faust, who was in the previous three movies, I think. No, two movies, two movies. She was in Rogue Nation and Fallout. So she was in those previous two movies, and now she's in possession of one of the keys. And the other key is uh, held by a buyer, and they're going to do an exchange to buy the other key. So essentially, that's what's going on. But Ilsa has the key right now, and she's hiding out in the desert somewhere. So... Immediately, Ethan Hunt goes after Ilsa. He has to go get the key. And as soon as he gets the key, um, that's when he has to meet up with the buyer and do all of that stuff. But they're not alone. They're being hunted down by the CIA or the American government, essentially. Uh, some feds, in, in another word, they're, they're being hunted down by them. But they kind of like evade and avoid them by doing facial recognition on the on the computer software that they use to like identify Ethan Hunt and they're just like changing it up completely and that's when we get introduced to Haley Atwell's character Grace and oh my goodness dude Hayley Atwell I mean she is gorgeous beyond belief I mean I had a huge crush on her from watching Captain America and now to see her doing some real action. I mean, you know, she was kind of doing some action. She kind of did some some cool stuff in Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. But in this movie, man, she she's uh, very cunning, very smart. She has great dialogue. She's very witty. I just really liked her in this movie. And uh, yeah, dude, she's just... Ooh, boy. Okay. Anyways, we introduced her character and we see like a bit of back and forth between her and Ethan Hunt. And they're going throughout the airport trying to get their... The key... Because initially, Haley Atwell, Grace, she takes it. And then Ethan uh, has to tag her and get the other key back. And then they're being hunted by the American government. So it's a whole back and forth between them and the airport. And Ethan gets a glimpse of somebody he knows from his past before he even joined IMF. So before he became like Ethan Hunt, he had a whole past back then. So it becomes like... He, his brain gets all befuddled and then the tension rises even more when Benji and the rest of the, of his team find out that there's a, a bomb in the airport and it might go off. So Benji has to deal with that, but they don't tell Ethan so that he can stay focused on what he's doing on getting the key. So it's a whole it's a whole mess in there. And then eventually um, at, at the last second, Grace, Haley Atwells character, gets the key. Steals the key from uh, Ethan Hunt. She makes it on a plane to... I think it was Rome. And Ethan's left uh, with nothing. And he and the team have to uh, evacuate and leave the the airport as soon as possible. So that way they don't get caught by the Americans. And we kind of get a glimpse into Ethan's past. And kind of like... Something happened between him and another guy. But... And this mystery man is who is essentially the the main antagonist, the main villain, the one who we're supposed to, like, not like. He's the one that we kind of see and who we look at. And we, we kind of get an understanding that um, he has connections to Ethan from way back then. And he has only appeared up until now. And... When initially I was like, oh, so they're going that far back. They're going way, way back past the, before the first Mission Impossible, because the first Mission Impossible, we see him on a mission, but we don't know how he got to join the IMF. He was just a part of the IMF already. So essentially, the first, before the first movie, you know, we kind of get a glimpse of like, what he was doing and where he was at in his, you know, in his life. So, and I'm not saying like, it's a huge reveal. It's just kind of like somebody dies. um, And Ethan's kind of like distraught by it. And he didn't essentially catch the guy who did it or who who caused that. So they go to Rome and they try to catch up with uh, Grace. And because Grace has the key. And because Grace has the key, um, well, she has the key, so she has to, like, hide it or, like, what she's trying to do is I think she's trying to get, like, uh, money. You know, she's going to get a certain amount of money and she's going to be able to buy her freedom and do whatever she wants. But that's kind of not the case because she's dealing with uh, life and death here. She's dealing with, you know, countries would kill her for this key. And, they, and they're going to. So it's a, all of revolving around this key. And he loses the key. And they go back and forth, back and forth, again, between the two of them. To the point where um, now Gabriel and kind of like his team of like assassins and killers and whatnot, they're also after the key now because they're both in Rome. So now it's Ethan Hunt and Grace escaping... The police, they're escaping the the Gabriel and his killers. Um and, and one of the killers is named Paris, who's played by uh Palm. Am I, am I saying that right? Palm Clementov. Um She she's in Guardians of the Galaxy, she plays Mantis. Oh, man, she's a she's a great actress as well in this movie. Um But she's kind of like the the second, you know, number two. She's the one that is going to um she's essentially trying to kill grace and ethan hunt to get the key and it just becomes them trying to evade and avoid them and escape from from rome and they're doing a bunch of of great stuff in in rome it's a it's very very fun so the the next step is just you know they have to hold on to a piece of the key they have to get the key and they already they already have it. It's just a matter of like okay, we have it. Now we just have to, you know, survive. We just have to have to get through all of this. And it becomes a very I mean, Grace does a good job of using her femininity to her uh, to her uh, to her works. And then bouncing back and forth. So the car chase happens after he gets the key, but it's all revolving around Grace because Grace has it. She knows where it is and she knows what she's going to, you know, she she can obviously do whatever she wants with it. So now we focus on the car chase. So this car chase throughout Rome, obviously it starts with Grace escaping Ethan. She gets away from him and then Ethan has to like kind of run and chase her down. So what does Grace do? She does any logical thing and she steals a police car. Now, she's not a good driver. And that's not, you know, and that's not a stereotype against women. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying that, like, she just can't drive. You know, she's, she's not as coordinated. She's a thief. You know, she can steal anything. You know, she's, she's smart in that aspect. She's got, a, you know, she's got a quick, quick hands. You know, she can take anything. She can pickpocket anybody. She, she's good in that respect. But she's not qualified in the stunt driving department. So because of that, she crashes pretty early and uh, Ethan catches up to her. And when he does, well, she's like, all right, you know, um, my bad. You, you want to drive? Do you want to take over? And Ethan starts driving and trying to avoid. And that's when all the chaos starts happening. They're rushed by police. They're rushed by uh, Paris trying to kill them. And it becomes a whole big deal. So in all of this, eventually they get caught by, I don't want to say caught, but they do get trapped. They get trapped by the police and by the person, tra- by Paris trying to kill them. And this, like, huge armored truck. And because of that, Ethan has to kind of, like, calm everybody down and figure out a way out of the situation. And he does, eventually. He gets out of it, and he's like, we got to change cars, because now they know what car we're driving. And if we can change cars for just a second, then we can get out of here. And he gets the funniest car. I mean, this is just brilliant. He gets a Fiat. A yellow Fiat, a small little, a little Fiat, a small little car. And you think he's going to get like this badass like supercar. You think he's going to get this like nice little, I think it was like a Corvette or something or like a, you know, it it looked like it looked nice you know a nice sports car right but instead he gets this fiat yellow and this fiat does not quit this fiat is is actually pretty i was expecting it to be like really slow and like funny but it's like pretty speedy it looked like an electric car like it looked like that's kind of what it reminded me of and then now it's just chase, chase 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 And mind you, him and Haley Atwell, uh, Grace, are handcuffed. But they're handcuffed in the wrong spots. So if you were going to be handcuffed to somebody, right? Like, let's say if you're driving, you want to be handcuffed on your right hand. So that way you can sit naturally. You know what I mean? But he's handcuffed on his left hand. So if he's driving, then they're going to be, like, cross-armed, and he's going to have to like drive over his hand and like it, it becomes it's very smart the way that they put it all together where it's like it's uncomfortable but he still manages to get it done despite the adversity and the and the struggle of it and there's a, a really funny part where they're like they're they tip over or they fall over on their on their head on the head of the car right they they crash they tumble and roll and then they switch back to where they started with grace driving and she doesn't want to drive so they have to like switch back it's funny it's really good and then eventually uh they escape they escape from the uh the train there's like a train spot or i guess they crash instead of like es- No, no no they escape they escape at the last moment and they make it into like this train uh tunnel and it's in this tunnel that they crash, and the car is going to get hit. And Grace escapes from her handcuffs. Ethan is left handcuffed to the steering wheel, and he has to like struggle to get out. And he ev- he eventually gets out, but it's kind of like uh, he has the steering wheel still att- handcuffed to his hand. So now he's like stuck with it, and he has to run and hide and figure a way out. And that's when his team picks him up. His team eventually gets him out of there, which is a little convenient. Ankle line, lie You know But it works It works out You know It It makes sense to me That they would have like Tabs on him Or figure out where he is Or where he's going You know Just to keep an eye on him So anyways After that Um They know that there's going to be A Meeting Of some sort uh, There's gonna be like a party Or There's gonna be like a place Where they're gonna Meet up and because they're going to meet up they they have to conjure a deal with the girl in the last movie i forget her name oh my goodness anyway it, uh, she's kind of like a arms dealer she she deals on the black market so she does explosive guns weapons whatever you name it right she's she's a she's not a good guy but she's also like not the evil person like she just wants to make money She'll sell whatever, she'll buy whatever, you know, whatever gets her the most money or, you know, whatever she can sell to the highest bidder. So this key is up for grabs. So because of this key, right, Grace, Ethan, and Ilsa have to meet up with her to sell the key to the one who wants to buy it who has the other half of the key. And the other person who has the other half of the key is none other than Gabriel, and he wants the other half. And essentially, we come to find out that um, well, two things. First, Ethan and Elsa, Benji and Luther, they're the team again. They're the team, alright? And Elsa goes with Ethan to the party to get grace and meet gabriel and to conjure up he conjures up the whole deal so because of that gabriel is already 10 steps ahead because he has the ai on his side i forget the name of the ai i think it has like a specific name but i don't remember what it is but anyways essentially this ai predicts everything it predicted that ethan was going to get the key it predicted that he was going to set up the deal with the arms dealer and with Gabriel there and that he was going to bring Ilsa and that Grace was going to be there as well and so everything is kind of setting up exactly as it's determined for Gabriel and it's saying that he's going to get the key the next day on the train uh going somewhere I don't remember where but that's that's how it's all playing out it's going to be Ooh, ooh, and Grace or Ilsa is going to die. One of them is going to die, but we, the audience, don't know. It's just a, it's just a opportunity of chance. So, with all of that added to the mix, it becomes very, I mean, it gets very tense because everybody's just trying to be in their in their interest. Everybody's trying to figure it out. And it becomes a, a mind game of, like, trying to deter people's actions, right? Don't kill her and don't kill her. So, Tom, deal you know, Ethan Hunt wants to save Grace and he wants to save Ilsa. But somebody's going to die because that's what the AI has already computed. So, it becomes a big toss and turn of, like, who's it going to be? How's it going to happen? Why would it happen? And if it does happen, it's not going to be good. So... Essentially, the way that it works is Ethan has to protect Well, he has to get the keys, okay? And one of the keys is on one of the bodyguards that Grace kind of slipped into his pocket. And then, obviously, Gabriel has the other key. So, what happens is Ethan has to get the key, right? Once he gets the key, he has to save Grace and Elsa from being killed by Gabriel. So, Grace kind of gets the key. She gets the key back from the bodyguard that she took it from. And she runs and escapes. And then Gabriel goes after Grace. But then in the chaos, Ethan Hunt is fighting all of the bodyguards and whatnot. And Ilsa goes and runs after Gabriel and Grace, trying to stop him. And that's that's when trouble comes up. So now Ethan's behind after fighting everybody, he has to run to save Elsa and Grace from being killed by Gabriel. But along the way, he gets tricked by the AI into following different directions. It literally copies Benji's voice, Luther's voice. It, it just it copies their voice so that way he thinks it's them giving him directions towards Elsa and Gabriel when it's taking him on a completely different route. It's not even towards them. So he goes on this random run throughout throughout the city and he doesn't actually catch up to them in time he gets stopped by Paris and another guy trying to kill him and he fights them and he lets them both live he doesn't kill them or at least the girl at least Paris lives so he runs and runs and runs and he finds um, sadly Ilse Faust dead and that, that that hurt my soul because she was such a I'm not gonna say she was like such a pivotal point. Like she caused a lot of problems. Don't get me wrong. And she was, you know, she she kept getting herself into trouble. What can you? What can he, a person that can only do so much for you, right? I settled all of your debts. I got you free from the man burdening you down. You're 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 capable of doing so much great stuff, but instead you don't, you know, you get yourself into even more trouble. Like it's hard to to save you when you're you know constantly getting yourself ruining your life here. So, but her dying was really sad, especially because I felt like, I'm not going to say it's the way that her character had to go, but it's kind of the direction we felt like she was going to go, right? Like, she's been playing with life and death for so long that it feels like, you know, it it felt like it was it was bound to happen. It was going to happen because she just, I don't know, she just couldn't live a peaceful life. She couldn't. You know, she couldn't avoid trouble. And so her death is just is sad. And especially because at the beginning of the movie, they pretended that she already died. So it was like a double fake. So she, she dies in the beginning. Oh, well, actually, she's alive. And then they kill her again. I was just like, oh, man, dude. It was just, it was a bit sad, that's all. And I'm sad to see Rebecca Ferguson go. Especially because we have such built-up trust with her, and she's somebody who cares for Ethan, and that Ethan cares for. I think that there's, I just think that's just a, a waste of a character there, and another, and another female lead, Um, because there's, you know, not a lot of them, but anyways. Essentially, the way that it works now is Grace is alive, and she joins the crew. She joins the team. Not officially an IMF agent, but she's tagging along to get the other half of the key back. Or, uh, I think she already, no, no, to get the other half of the key back. So the way that it's going to work is they have to get on the train, but something happens and Ethan can't be on the train with Grace, but Grace is going to be in costume and because Grace is going to be in costume, she's going to be dressed up as the arms dealer from earlier. So she's going to be playing as somebody else. So she's not going to have Ethan there, and Ethan has to essentially chase the train and then get onto the train. And that's where we get the big stunt. The big stunt where he drives a motorcycle off of a off of a cliff, and then he skydives down onto the train or more like through the train. He crashes into the train eventually. And in between Ethan getting on the train and Grace being on the train, impersonating somebody else, a lot happens. Grace is trying to impersonate this person and get the key back or like sell the key or whatnot. And then once that happens, you know, a bunch of chaos ensues. She has to first knock out the real arms dealer and then she has to portray somebody else. And then when she portrays somebody else, she has to talk to this person and that person. And she has to go through all these back and forths on the train. And it just, it raises the tension because the longer Ethan takes to get there, the more and more story he's left out of the dark of. And the less he's able to help Grace get through all of this and get the keys. And eventually he crashes through and he gets the keys, but Gabriel gets them first. And now it's about Ethan versus Gabriel and they get a final fight on the on the train. Very reminiscent of the first Mission Impossible movie. And they fight, they fight, they fight. And again, the American CIA people are coming through on the train and they're just being idiots. They don't understand the situation. They don't know who's good and bad. But they just know that... Um, everything that's going to happen is like, they have to get Ethan Hunt, get Ethan Hunt, get Ethan Hunt. That's all they know. That's, you know, they're not trained to think for themselves. Even though the one actor, the one, the one, uh, agent that's like with the Americans, he's, um, he's kind of like, what if he's the good guy? And then the other guy's like, that's absurd. He can't be right so many times. And he's like, well, what if he was, what if he had to step outside of what he thinks is right? And in the end, uh, there's an there's an amazing uh, train crash. I mean, they fight. Gabriel escapes. There's a train crash. Um, Ethan and Grace have to escape car by car, avoiding death by falling off of the off of the train and off of the bridge, and then Ethan has to escape by parachute, and then Grace gets recruited to the IMF essentially, and she she accepts the choice of being a part of the IMF, and that's where the movie ends. Oh, and Ethan gets the keys. He steals the keys from a- uh, from Gabriel. And now we get to the next part of the movie. And the next part of the movie involves getting the thing to control the AI, or like a bomb or whatever. So yeah, and that was at the beginning of the movie on the submarine. So it's at the bottom of the ocean somewhere. So, you know, the movie ends... Uh, And it's it's a very satisfying ending. Um, They accomplished their mission, but then there's another mission. So it's part one of two. And I like that. I like that they did that well. They didn't do it where it was like cliffhanger and then the next next movie. You know what I mean? Because that's how I felt with the Across the Spider-Verse. And so now we have to wait however long to release the next movie because it's going to take some time. You know, that that level of animation takes time. So, anyways, that was Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Great movie. Um, I hope you guys watch it. I hope you guys like this episode. And I'll talk to you guys all next time. Thank you.